Section 38 of the Algonquin Legends of New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Algonquin Legends of New England, or Myths and Folklore of the Micmac, Passamaquoddy, and Penobscot Tribes, by Charles Godfrey Leyland. Section 38 a very important part of metaulin is the materials employed in old world magic these are exclusively objects which startle or disgust parts of the human body dead reptiles or things singular and rare among the indians very commonplace articles are employed indifferently with those of the former kind the magic consists not in them but in the magician and his methods he has had let us say his dreams or received while alone in the forest his inspirations which have told him what to do he takes the objects suggested and with them performs his wonderworks sometimes he tells others to do the same with the same things but in this case he is still the motive force it is his enchantment in illustration of this i give the following legend far in the woods was an indian town near it lived two old people who had two beautiful daughters and no son the girls were very shy they seldom let themselves be seen they would not listen to the young men the chief of the tribe had a fine son a great hunter and skilled in mysteries footnote in passamaquoddy nipaulin a man learned in mysteries a scholar this is my own indian name it is apparently the same with budin that is powwow man End footnote. the young man wanted one of the girls his father went to their parents and obtained their consent but the girls refused to be married there lived in the village a young man who is neither strong handsome nor clever at any kind of work hearing that the chief's son had failed to get one of the shy or proud girls he said but all in jest for he had but a poor opinion of himself that he was the right kind of man to get them if they had for example only seen me now he exclaimed they would have wished to be married at once then they all laughed and proposed that they should go that night and try to see the girls and how they would receive the plain-looking youth so they went quietly about supper-time and entered so suddenly that the girls had not time to hide behind the curtain and so were obliged to receive the visitors after supper they engaged in playing mingwa dokojik in this game a ring is hidden in the ashes or sand and each player with a pointed stick makes a plunge until the ring is hit and brought out this is indian poker tb so the evening passed and nothing was said of marriage and at last the guests went away and for some time the young man made a jest of his having gone courting one day he was far and alone in the woods when he met an old woman of very strange appearance she was wrinkled and bent with extreme age and her head was braided up with a very great number of sacrilobic or hair-strings which hung down to her heels after greeting him civilly she asked him if he was really anxious to marry one of the beauties whom he had visited o nagumi grandmother he replied i do not care about it only if you did she replied i can give you the one you want if you will only say so now the young man saw that the old woman was in earnest and he replied that in fact he would be very glad to get one of the girls but that no girl worth having would look at him then the old dame taking one of her hair strings said Roll this up and carry it in your pouch for a while, and then go, and catching an opportunity, toss the cord upon her back. Footnote. 
one of the infallible ancient methods to make anything into a fetich or amulet is to carry it a long time about the person familiarity as hein observes heisbilder gives a silent life or apparent sympathy to even old clothes thus domestic well-known objects become fairies and thus they talk to children End footnote. but take care that she does not know that you have done this and let it be indeed a secret to all so he took the sakalobi and visiting the girls once again threw it on one of them more hopeful of success this time and the cast succeeded though she said nothing then but the next day alone in the woods he met her for she had followed him and she said tamaline where are you going i am going hunting he replied but if you have not lost your way what are you doing here i am not lost in the woods she replied but said no more then he seeing how it was said it would be better though if i returned with you to your parents and told them that i found you lost and showed you the way home and having done this the girl's father noting that she liked the young man asked him if he wished to marry her and as both were willing and something more the wedding feast was soon ready the friends invited and the couple settled down some days after the husband seeing his wife wearing the magic hair-string asked her where did you get that pretty sakalobi i found it she replied in my natubunk usual sitting-place in the wigwam this caused the young man to reflect how kindly he had been treated by the old fairy or witch and how easily he without any merit had won his wife and then to think of the deserving young chief's son who had failed so taking him into the woods they found the old woman who kind as ever did for the chief's son what she had already done for his friend and gave him also a magic hair-string and using it in the same way he in like manner won the other sister and it was indeed well for she was one whom he wanted most and the two men whose wives were sisters wachuschik were on the best of terms and much together now the young chief reflected that his brother-in-law had been very kind to him for little cause and thought how he could repay him so he asked him one day if he would like to be a swift runner truly i would replied the other then go and gather some feathers and let them blow when the wind is high and chase them you will soon be able to outstrip the wind and when the ark comes it will never depart from you then he did this and became so swift that no man or beast could escape him yet again the chief's son said would you like to become strong and very active as he of course said yes the friend replied dress yourself in the worst and raggedest garments and attack the first man you find he will catch you by the clothes but do you slip out of them and run this he did the first man whom he met was a lunatic who gladly grappled for a fight so he slipped out of the clothes and ran but the madman thought the apparel made the man and beat it a long time and left it for dead but after he had done this with many men he indeed became strong and active then the chief's son said i will teach you quickness of sight so that you may perceive animals while hunting though other men may not take a handful of moose's hairs hold them firmly in a roll between your thumb and finger hold them up in a high wind and let them go so you will be able to perceive in time all the moose and to see deer or any other animal you must take their hair and treat it in the same way so he did and by means of this magic became so keen of sight that he beheld every beast yet again the chief's son said would you see birds where no other men can and he assenting was told to strip the feathery part from a bird's quills chekakadega and blowing it into the air 
looked carefully in the direction in which it flew and having practised this also he became very perfect in the art footnote the secret of these spells is very apparent but the teacher would make the pupil believe that the successful result would greatly depend on the colour and kind of the fur or feathers employed it is curious to observe how in the over-refinement of sport among gentlemen the idea that this or that is good form and the correct thing which must be done has had the effect of establishing much which is mere fetich a fox in england and a bear in canada must be killed in a certain way by men of caste and footnote now having learned all these things he asked the chief's son how he could learn to see the fishes of the sea and being told that he must collect all kinds of fishes bones and burn them and pound them to dust he did so and having blown them up into the wind he could see all manner of fish and call them to him this young man went afar in his thoughts for reflecting that the whales were giant-like in power he wondered what might be done by magic with them and his friend said that it was true that the whales could give to men unearthly power and exceeding long life for said he they never die until they are killed and by their aid one may live on till life borders on immortality so burning a piece of whalebone put up a weak gin he pounded it into powder and standing on a rock that jutted out into the sea the sorcerer blew the dust seawards and ere long he saw dark spots far away and as they grew to be more numerous they became larger and yet more numerous anon and for every grain of dust which he blew there came a whale and yet he blew again seven times then the whole school of immense creatures came towards him and he that was largest or the sagamore of the whales swimming close to the man on the rock said why hast thou called me he replied make me strong and the whale answered it is well put thy hand in my mouth and doing this he found and took out a golden key footnote this is a manifestly modern addition there is every indication that the story itself is ancient probably eskimo and footnote keep that said the whale while you have it you will be safe against man beast or illness the foe shall not harm you the spirits which haunt the wilderness shall pass you by hunger and pain shall not know you death shall not be your road so the young man thanked the great magician and went home and as it had been promised it came to pass all was ever well with him trouble and trial were with him no more those who were in his village never knew hunger the wild game abounded and came to them when called no enemy attacked them the sun and moon smiled on them they sang the songs of the olden time and played the flute in peace in time the old chief drew near the end of his life and his son asked the friend if his father's days could not be prolonged but the magician thought it best to let him pass in peace and he did so then the young chief offered his place and power to his brother-in-law but he refused it and passed his life in aiding his friend in every way by his power and wisdom here the story ends this legend is little more than an enumeration of the recipes popularly employed to obtain certain powers it may be observed that it is limited to all that a real indian requires it is very different from what a white man or an asiatic savage would have wanted and there is just enough truth and common sense in the methods recommended to make the whole plausible the reader will observe that the magic hair-string and locks of hair play the same important part in metaudin that they did in old-world magic 
this is hardly one of the coincidences which can be attributed to spontaneous development from similar causes it may be such but there may also be an eskimo side gate through which it entered from the other side another magic means was the influencing high and mysterious powers of this the following is an admirable illustration End of section thirty eight